0: Heyo, fellow. Well met. I'm Mouse. This is a podcast about characters at play and the players who create them. This week's guest is Whitney Reynolds, a podcaster and Twitter tour and man about town. Hey, Whitney. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being
1: on the podcast. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to do this. I've been so excited to do it since you, since you first uh, said that you were doing it.
0: So... Tell me about your character.
1: Well, I have been—I've been playing tabletop role-playing games for I don't know, probably about over twenty years. But I got out of playing D and D for a long time. The last time I played D and D was probably when I was sixteen, back in when it was still, you know, second edition AD and D. So I got out of it for a while, but then um, you know the the Adventure Zone brought many of us back in, and we play in a game together. So I'm I'm playing with uh, Rispin and Bosco, uh, Viv Kerala, who is a human fighter, because uh, I I I in all, all my previous like tabletop and you know generally in role playing in general in computer games I tend to go for like the the charismatic sneaky rogue kind of slick passenger there, but I decided you know what I'm gonna do a little different I'm gonna I want to actually just be the tank for a change so. Uh, Viv is a big, strapping woman. I was picturing, you know, a, a Gwendolyn Christie kind of mm-hmm. Brienne of Tarth looking woman. You know, just you know, big, blonde, not super pretty, but well, like Gwendolyn Christie is pretty, but she's mm-hmm. she's, she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's no, gorgeous. I, but I get but you. She's she's you know she's uh, you know what uh, un unglammed for
0: yeah, and the the I do, I've read all of the Game of Thrones books and George R. R. Martin really puts a fine point constantly God, that, uh, oh yeah, Brienne of Tarth, oh, what a dog. Oh, you see, see, this is, I stopped watching Game of
1: Thrones after the first season because I was like, nah, I don't think this is going to go well for anybody. And <laughs> I decided to get out while I still, while well, the getting was good.
0: How very prescient of you.
1: And I never even finished the, the first book. So, so that last, uh, last like two episodes, of that first season, are very surprising me.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I've, uh, I'm current. I've read all of the books. I guess I'm not current because the TV show goes oh, yeah. further. But uh, yes, it is uh, extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah. but, but I like.
1: I mean, I like the idea of a you know big tall warrior woman and I also I also frequently have played male characters and uh, I'm a you know this is you know just the psychology between you know about what you want to when you role play what you want to play is I tend to want to play characters that are very large like when I've been when in Dragon Age Inquisition I was like oh when you give me the Canari, I want to be a Canari because I want to be seven feet tall because in real life I'm only five foot two so I'm like ah, oh, give me this this you know I want to be this you know six foot three warrior woman with an axe but uh, since the since the setting that I assume you've you've spoken about before, the uh, Strange Trails setting, mm-hmm. is very has you know a lot of evil woods and 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 stuff like that. I decided to make uh, the, that that uh, Viv is a is a lumberjack. She's a she's a woodsman. She's you know a forester. So uh, you know, she's very you know wearing like a know, you know I'm picturing wearing you know like a you know plaid flannel and uh, which somehow has an AC of sixteen. <laughs>
0: But yeah, in this setting, like like the the, the kind of lifestyle where like yeah, you, you you live in the forest and you cut down trees, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty badass profession mm-hmm. because the trees are alive and they try to kill you.
1: <laughs> they try to kill you, and all the creatures are 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 really angry. And since I was uh, I was called into the to this game kind of late because uh, somebody had uh, who had originally been tapped to be in it was not able to do it. And I, I had been interested. So our DM said, Oh, Hey, yeah, if you want to join, join up. So I didn't really have time to write up a long character history. And, uh, I continue to have not written up a long character history. So just about everything about Viv has sort of come up on the fly, like as playing as, as we've been playing it, I've sort of come up with things. And the main thing about Viv, the, 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 her, her, you know, explain her in going between one floor and another on an elevator is that she's uh, a lumberjack mom because she's, uh, she's out working in the woods and she's just doing it to send home to her family because she has a, a wife and uh, two small children in one of the, uh, the large cities uh, in, in Port Fortune that she sends all of her, all of her goods home to because she just wants to be taking care of her, her family. And so that's, She's, she's a big warrior gay mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, she's also a mom to the party as well.
1: Yeah, that's been a fun thing that has developed as, as we kept playing. Because there's always, there's always, you know, the first couple of sessions when you're in a new role playing group, everybody's kind of feeling each other out. And usually, you know, the characters, you know, it's, it's they're not unless you've talked about beforehand, they don't know each other. So when I started when I started playing Viv, it was sort of you know a little standoffish. I, I remember the first my my first you know specific role playing move was, you know we all started out at the tavern and I was like ah, I will have, I will have two glasses, of rose, because <laughs> I believe I asked the bartender was like ah oh, give me give me two glasses of your of your best and he you know poured glasses of rose because I was having one for me and then one for my. My lady, whose name I have not settled on. I think I've said it a couple times. I think it's it's probably been
0: something different every time. A a moment I I remember role playing with you with with my character is a fairly traumatic time. It's like my my character, Rispin, wears a, she covers her her hair. She wears a headscarf, typically. And there was a a point in the campaign where that was removed from her. And We, we were all nude we were all just naked as jaybirds and viv noticed that that uh rispin was very agitated by this and and like one of the first things she did was was to fashion a a makeshift headscarf out of a out of a pillowcase for her and like that was the beginning beginning of their uh, kind of deepened relationship with each other
1: yeah and that was a really important moment for me to i think you know that was in our you know first or second Uh, session where I was like okay yeah now I'm kind of I'm kind of getting that she wants to you know she wants to she's going to take care of all these knuckleheads who have surrounded her and that's that's just something that's sort of grown and I'm kind of been trying to to lean in to kind of like mom corniness I I decided at some point that she has a fanny pack that's where that's where, (laughs) that's where she keeps all of her all of her mom's stuff like if she's storing any you know she's got she's got her axe and her knife and her warrior stuff but she definitely has you know she's got a fanny pack that she keeps like her corn cob pipe in <laughs> that you know when, when I was like okay all you kids are going to be you know hot boxing that um that storage closet and She'll just, <laughs> she'll just have a couple of peaceful bowls <laughs> <laughs> our extremely our extremely high DK People are always getting smoked up.
0: Oh no! Oh my god! Like no, I, I I keep very close control of like how much fantasy weed my character has in her inventory. You do, do. <laughs> yeah. And she's yes. on her her second resurrection, so she's using it up.
1: Mm-hmm. I have found that as as I've been playing Viv, I, I seem to I keep coming up more less with with background information about Viv as as more that I'm I'm coming up with background information about her wife. This unseen wife, and so, oh god, she's Maris. <laughs> oh god, I'm Marising I've just realized.
0: But she is Maris. I mean, it's it's from. I mean, I know this. Our listeners don't know this, but like the I, I'm fascinated by the story of your character and and her wife because I, I I gather that that Viv is is not particularly fond of elves, and yet and yet she is married to an elf, which what? is just.
1: Yeah, this is something that that just sort of, again, this was just, uh, just improv happening, in the, in that way that it happens with tabletop, is that I was like, you know, as things were unra- unraveling, I just kind of kept making like, God, classic elf, and then I decided I was like, oh, it's because she's she's married to an elf, <laughs> she's married to. Uh, I, I do have a, an image of what she looks like, very kind of a... Well, it's because I found a picture of uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie and, uh, oh, Natalie Dormer in in uh, Game of Thrones. And I was like, yeah, about that, that height difference and sort of small and pretty and big and tough. So I'll come up with a name for her someday and a, and a full-on backstory. But uh, her wife is, is an elf and has two children. One is uh, my, uh, kind of a toddler, and uh, you know, in the in the three four age, and a and a younger infant. She's she's uh, her wife has, has uh, lived a lived an exciting life. I've been kind of thinking of her as sort of sort of like in the Mass Effect games. There are uh, the the uh, the Asari who are the oh they're the monogendered all sexy blue female race and that's you know problematic in its own extent but they have an interesting since they live you know a thousand years they're basically space space elves but they have like a a lifespan where it's like oh your first 300 years you'll go and be wild and you'll have your time uh, in a mercenary group or being an exotic dancer or whatever and then you'll go into a you know sort of a a, you know matron phase and then a crone phase that so I've been imagining that you know Viv's wife like yeah she had a she had a wild you know first you know 200 years of her life now she's
0: settling in (laughs) I have a mortgage now. I feel like I'm in my crone phase. I'm not even 30 yet.
1: Yeah, I don't have a mortgage and I'm still in my crone phase. <laughs> there was just a piece in the last Oprah magazine about not uh, about not finding your inner child. It was about finding your inner crone. It was by Liz Gilbert. Well, if I ever run a uh, D&D game, I feel it's going to be, you know, there'll be so many people based on people. I feel like Oprah would be a great character to integrate (laughs) and to like have to just have an oprah character i don't think you couldn't have oprah be a pc she'd be too
0: powerful oh yeah she'd be the what's the monster in stranger things the hemoglobin yeah the hemoglobin
1: (laughs) (laughs) demogorgon i've only seen three episodes of it
0: oh no okay you you knew exactly what it was (laughs) that's the name of the thing Demi
1: Gorgon, Demi yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just Oprah, but she's also like a arc leak, arc lich, undead Oprah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned like yeah, like if I ever run a role playing campaign, because I feel like everyone in my life like wants to play D anD D. No one wants to GM D anD D.
1: It's hard. It's a lot of work.
0: It's hard. It's a lot of work. And it's expensive. My partner, Chris, like she runs a like a GURP, a GURPS campaign. And uh, she's looking into Burning Wheel. A lot of this stuff is open source. For Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons, Like to run a game, you need at least three different books. And all of those books are $50.
1: And, you know, some of us may or may not be operating under... You know, some some PDFs received from the Pirates Guild, but yeah, but those are really inconvenient when it comes to like I'm trying to look something up. Like, no, if I, I want to, I you know, a PDF is kind of hard to look something up in when you could just be like flicking through pages. So that is the unfortunate truth. Books remain most mm-hmm. useful. But yeah, this is this is something you know I've had thoughts of of, of running a game, but it's just, it's just like, oh my god, it's it's such an undertaking. And I feel RDM Kathy is you know there have been times when she's just like I feel you know kind of an under underlying frustration that she set something up that we then completely ignored, or that we totally bypassed by. <laughs> I'm like oh, and that's something I feel like that's a that's a disappointment you have to brace yourself for because uh, due to dealing with you know the four to five assholes that you've chosen to tromp about your world.
0: Yeah, we're we're a different bunch. And I, I feel like, yeah, sometimes sometimes the, the the style of role playing that I prefer might be adversarial to Kathy's style of DMing.
1: <laughs> what I like as I mean, as we've we've grown as a as a party, I feel it's uh, Viv is definitely sort of settled into it just into the into the mom role into the kind of, you know, you know, all you kids get together. Was definitely, you know, I, I was insisting recently on, I think in our last session, on everybody getting a buddy, having the buddy system before we <laughs> we tromped through the, the forest. And, you know, when we dealt with little kids, I was, you know, moved by the little kids. But I keep, I do find myself, you know, I'm trying to, uh, a thing I, I, I feel is kind of tricky in general when it comes to role-playing, especially something very stats-based, is to not let your character be smarter than they should be. Like having having the thing of like, okay, I have figured this out or I know what to do, but would my character know to do that?
0: Right. Like is it within
1: their their mindset that they would have this sort of logical jump or this sort of problem solving? Like how I like I know how I would deal with this, but how would Viv deal with this? I'm not I'm not fully perfect on that yet.
0: Like there are things I'm like, hmm. Neither am I and like it's it's been a while since our last play session, but mm-hmm. Like, Although our
1: last one was pretty good.
0: I've been, well, it's, I don't know. Oh, you died, but. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that I, I've been working on how I'm going to react on my character's second resurrection.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, like, to be honest, like, it might take a certain undue amount of emotional labor from Viv to bring Rispin back from the brink.
1: Well, friend, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, for that. I'm I'm excited to to, to mother Rispin back into her uh third <laughs> life.
0: She's really going to fucking need it. Yeah. Like I I, I have a a pre-prepared bit of dialogue. <laughs> that uh will be spoken to a certain uh non-player character. That, that that might have some some sort of emotional weight. I'm excited. In the game, yeah, Rispin is is really going to need Viv if she's going to be able to continue on with the party in any sort of functional way. Because yeah, the last the the the, the last time she met her her earthly demise was
1: we all met earthly when we all met our earthly demise.
0: Yeah, it's it, it was traumatic, and I've talked about this like before. That like, if I'm really role playing, like if my character dies, and they have a an opportunity to be resurrected, it's not just it's not just like you're playing Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. and you start back at the beginning. Like you, you you are resurrected with the the memory of the trauma of dying. So that's, that's going to affect how you, how you (laughs) go forward on this earth. Yeah. And yeah, with every resurrection, you, you may gain certain stats, but I think as a character, you're going to lose a part of your, your humanity every time you, you die and are resurrected.
1: Yeah. and, And Kathy set up, you know, gameplay kind of things for that. There's stat loss and things change, but there's also you have to actually play that out as well.
0: Yeah. And this
1: this is again this is me you know figuring out things about. uh, uh, I might just have to name Viv's wife Maris.
0: I'm gonna have to insist that you name Viv's wife Maris.
1: I was originally thinking maybe like there's a couple of on the on the um the Strange Trails album that the whole setting is and I'm I'm sure you talked about this in the um, previous episode which I haven't listened to yet. That, uh, that there's uh, Luisa, I think there's a song called Luisa, so I think I was going to have it called Luisa, but then I maybe decided that was what her axe was called, and then I don't, I've, I've not, I'm not good at writing anything down about Viv. Uh, but yeah, I think her wife is now going to have to be an elf named Maris, but I, I I had decided that, you know, she's an elf, she's, you know, a couple hundred years old, so she's died a few times.
0: Maybe just um, throw an apostrophe in there, so it's like... Maris. <laughs> Maurice.
1: Maurice. Maurice.
0: Some people call me Maurice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, yeah, she's gonna be she's gonna be Maurice. <laughs> Maurice. Who we'll never see or meet. <laughs> and our children who we'll also never see or meet. I I mean I had I have the I had the thought, I was like, maybe I should just like secretly tell Kathy that Viv does not actually have a wife or family, <laughs> and she's just been making all of this up. But that just seems dumb.
0: Nah, I, no, I, I I love the idea of the the the, the secret wife who we'll never see.
1: <laughs> the the you know, it's you know somebody somebody to come home to. It's something somebody to you know if you die to to resurrect for.
0: Absolutely, that's
1: and that's her you know reason for doing all these these dumb adventures and getting these things. And I played that out, you know, I was like, oh, we get this payout. And I'm like, okay, I'm taking, you know, 300, you know, we got paid 600 gold and I'm taking 300 of this and I'm sending it, sending it home.
0: I see that's, that's, that's Rispin's problem, like on her new resurrection, like what she has to find something like, why is it worthwhile to keep suffering and dying for this cause that she was kind of dragooned into and never really agreed to in the first place. So that'll be... That'll be her responsibility, and maybe Viv can help her with that.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I, I, you know Viv is of all the people in in the party who need moming and are and are receptive to. I would say that probably everyone in the party needs a good mom, but but uh, Rispin is the most receptive to it. I think. And we've also had since uh, a late joiner was Bangus, our dragon born. Barbarian friend,
0: Jesus Bangus.
1: We love Bangus, and I hope you get. I hope you get. I hope David will come on to talk about Bangus because
0: he will be on. I,
1: I love Bangus, and then he can do. Yeah, this is this is also you know tricky because I really enjoy the concept of character voices, but you know it's when you're playing you know a human woman who is just bigger than you. I haven't. I haven't. You know really found a way to get super creative with a, a voice that I kind of, I kind of get a little gruffer, but I'm not, I'm, you know, I haven't really settled into it, but you know, Bangus is, he's, he's, you know, he's got a big dramatic, you know, dragon voice. And when when David first did it, he was like, we were just like, are you sure? Can, can you commit to this? Or are you going to keep doing this? He was like, yes, I can. So, but since, since it is interesting, cause I've never played just a straight up fighter before. I've always done rogues or bards. So it's a little interesting to just have this, you know, kind of limited things you can do. It's like, okay, it's my turn. I will, I will hit. (laughs) I will hit again. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, and if you missed, it's like, oh, well, and I know, you know, the the more levels I gain, the more interesting fighterly things will grow. But that has been a sort of thing, you know, in, 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 when we are in combat, where it's just like, all right, everybody's doing all this stuff.
0: Yeah, you should have died the last time. You could have gained a new level. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Thank you for sharing uh, uh, viv with us. Uh, we're we're uh, getting into the segment of the show, uh, which I I guess I'm settling on calling Snack Time. Mm-hmm. And this is where I share a snack or, or a nice thing with our listeners. And to, uh, this episode snack is the comic book series Giant Days. Uh, It's written by John Allison. There's been a lot of uh, people collaborating on this project, but just judging on on the latest issue, uh, the current pixels are done by Max Saren and inks by Liz Fleming, colors by Whitney Kogar, and letters by Jim Campbell. It's published by Boom Studios and it's available probably in your local comic shop. It's It's a comic about Susan, Esther, and Daisy Three unique, unbalanced women working out university together for people in the United States. With me, that means college. Mm-hmm. It's poignant and venomously funny, and I love it because I personally am such a daisy, in that like I'm a mousy, sheltered, nerdy dyke with a secret, untapped vein of madness running beneath my exterior.
1: Well, you are a literal cartoon mouse.
0: <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> so yeah, find it at your local comic shop. Uh, Giant Days, published by Boom. Whitney, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm just thank you I've, for
1: having me. Yeah, i I look. I look forward to being back and talking about other other people I've been in my you know, 20 plus years of uh,
0: role playing. F- fuck yes, it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, so. For now, do you have anything to plug to our listeners? Uh,
1: well, you can find me on Twitter at Whitney Arner. Um, and I have a podcast that is called I Haven't Seen That. And you can find that at Um, Although we, we are shortly going to be going on a bit of a hiatus with maybe some content, you know, because uh, my co-host is about to become a dad sometime within <laughs> like the next literal couple, couple of days. days. Yeah, his wife's due date was literally yesterday. So oh it my is
0: god
1: I'm like on pins and needles. I'm just like any moment now it could be baby time for my my co host, and that means uh no no podcast for a while because he's gonna be busy. <laughs> but uh but it's still there's still, you know, a hundred plus episodes for you to catch up on and some uh three episodes that have had a uh, Mouse and our partner Quiz. So check those out. And it's it's a very nice uh fun show about friends you can go and you know go to the website and you'll see the the, the pitch for it and uh yeah I, that's that's my my main thing oh i guess i i also should plug um i'm an editor and a, a contributor to um the online webzine showsetsu bang bang which is uh it's been going on for 10 plus years and it is uh original uh erotic gay fiction and it's uh Show to s h o u t oh god i can't spell it <laughs> it'll be <laughs> in the it'll be in
0: the show notes
1: yeah it's, it's uh, yeah i can't spell english words off the top of my head little well, in japanese uh, twitter is s 2 b 2 which is very easy to find and then you can find links from there so uh, yeah and that's a that's a thing that's that i do it, it publishes every 2 months and uh, you can you can it's free to contribute volunteers are welcome it's all about the love of uh, writing stories about uh, kissing. So check that out.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Whitney, again, for being on the podcast. And thank you to Philomela for the use of uh, the song I Am A Fire from the album Sapphire Chamber, which is the intro and outro music for the podcast. I don't necessarily believe in the concept of karma, but if you do, go out there and earn those critical success rolls
1: wait wait hang on i got it i got my dice right here i'm gonna roll let's see what's gonna happen i'm going roll in a 20 what'd you get it's 15
0: that's good enough yep. <laughs> bye y'all